What is going on, everybody? This is Gina Spirito back with episode 68 of the Gina Spirito podcast. I hope y'all are having a great Monday, September 6th today. Um, I'm sure all of you, um, if not the majority, are either not in school or do not have work due to Labor Day. Um, of course, it falls literally the you know, on that Monday right after I start school. So uh, I guess kind of nice um, to actually, you know, have another sort of rest day, I guess, uh, going into this semester as um, after this one. Uh, for me personally, uh, I do not have a break um, school-wise um, until November 11th, which is going to be Veterans Day. So Definitely gonna enjoy today while it while um while I can um and you know just just like I said like I have been saying just continue to get ready uh for this this upcoming semester as it, it is here and it is in full in full stride um and man oh man I cannot believe uh we're we're here already but you know that's all that's all we got to do I I guess when when it really comes down to it but. Uh, other than that, um, you know, I hope everybody, I hope everybody's been good. I, I've been good. I had a good weekend, had, uh, two fantasy football drafts. Um, I feel like my, my teams are, are pretty good. Um, my last draft was probably my best team. Um, I, I love my chargers. Uh, do not get me wrong. Probably more than, than a lot of people, but, um, you know, in my, in my last, uh, drafts, I was able to, uh, snag Patrick Mahomes and and Tyreek Hill, so I think um, that one-two punch uh, will already be um, just a godsend, really, for in terms of fantasy. And then uh, got Alvin, uh, Alvin Kamara, AK on there, Chris Godwin, Gus Edwards, Gus the Bus. You know, having to pick up the load after um, J.K. Dobbins' unfortunate season-ending injury. Uh, and then my flex is Adam Thielen. So I, I feel like that team's probably the most solid um, after, uh, you know, looking at each of my three teams uh, post-draft. Um, but still a lot of fun. Got to see some friends. Got to have a little bit of, um, what's it called, a fantasy party sort of um, in terms of, uh, you know, drafting and, and just getting, it, getting this the fantasy season on – on the road, I, I really cannot believe that we're, excuse me, we're now three days away from the uh, season opener, um, the Cowboys versus the uh, defending champions, the the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, it's been a very, I feel like it's been a very quick offseason. I don't know how everybody else is feeling, but um, in terms of football, I feel like it's been very quick. I feel like um, baseball season went by in a blur. Um, it's been just so, um, baseball oriented this summer, of course, as always. And, um, I feel like, you know, once, once school starts again, it's like, oh shit, like we, we got football. So definitely excited for football. Um, and I think these drafts, I'm sure like the rest of you, um, definitely made you more excited as well, uh, for this season. And, uh, just having having your fantasy teams back on your phone, having to check for updates, um, and if you're in any pick'em pools as well, um, checking, um, you know, literally having to dedicate your time to your fantasy slash pick'em pools. Um, it's that time again, you know. It's that time again, and I've I've chosen 
uh, death as I have three fantasy teams and a pick'em lead. So, yeah, that's where that's where I'm at right now. But I hope uh, everybody else um, did have a nice fantasy draft, did have um, you know success uh, in whatever lead they're in, eight man, ten man, twelve man, even. Um, and I think it's I think it's time um, that we all start to uh, really get excited as we are, like I said, three days away from the first game um, and six days away from a full slate of Sunday games. Cannot be more excited. Um, it's going to be a very, very fun year uh, for everybody involved. Um, but without further ado, let's get into some Padres news, of course. Um, over the weekend, the Padres had a three-game series with the Houston Astros coming into town um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, going into this game, the Padres were a half game back of the wild card trying to uh, fight for um, you know their postseason spot back. And uh, on Friday night, the Reds did their part um, as they lost, um, and that put the Padres in prime position. Uh, to actually um, take advantage of uh, the Reds' loss and hopefully maybe uh, work their way into that second wildcard spot again. Um, and, uh, you know, going into this game, I, I was personally there. I was excited. It was my friend's 21st, which was a really, really fun time. I had a blast with uh, some homies that I've, I've been linking with, some homies I haven't seen in a while. Uh, just some people that I grew up with, really, and it was it was a really really fun um, Friday night. Beer Fest was really fun. If you guys have never gone to Beer Fest, um, you know one that's Petco hosted uh, prior to um, a Padres game. Highly recommend it. Five dollar drinks, a bunch of different um, vendors. Uh, it was just a good time. Everybody was happy. Um, it was really easy uh, getting in, getting out. It was it was definitely a good setup and, and a fun time. But um, the game, on the other hand, was was quite the opposite. Um, you know, the Padres did score first uh, in the bottom of the third inning. Uh, Manny Machado reached on an infield single, and uh, that allowed um, Hassan Kim to score. Uh, this play was reviewed because it was originally called out. Uh, but it was clear that Manny was safe, so Padres able to get on the board first. Um, but that was very short-lasted, as in the top of the fourth inning, uh, Carlos Correa hit a three-run bomb, um, and that allowed the Astros to pull ahead 3-1 to one for the time being. Um, and the Padres were able to respond quickly in the bottom of the fifth and the bottom of the sixth inning um, due to a, a Tommy Pham pinch hit double. Um, which allowed Trent Grisham to score. And then in the, the bottom of the sixth inning, Austin Nola came up, uh, hit an RBI single to right, allowed uh, Will Myers to score. Um, and that put the game at 3-3. Three to three, But unfortunately, um, in the top of the eighth inning, um, a, uh, a Tucker home run, two-run home run um, from the Astros made it 5-3. to three. Um, And then Myers um, hit a... Uh, Single that ricocheted off of Eric Hosmer in the top of the ninth, and that allowed Siri to score uh, from third. So that pushed it to six to three, and the Padres were, were really not able to do much after that um, as they lost uh, the first game of the series, six to three. And like I said, the, this this game was was very much hit and miss. Uh, the pot, like I said, the Padres are are a lot better when they score first, in my opinion. And I mean, it's just clear. 
um, and obvious when you when you've watched um, when you watch this team um, kind of. Uh, I mean, they have the potential to battle from behind, of course, and they've proven that time and time again. But uh, this team definitely, I mean, they love to play ahead. And scoring first always puts them in a prime position to do so, um, especially with the offensive power and, you know, the pitching capabilities that this team can reach. So, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, in this one, uh, it it had uh, very little to do um, with, you know, scoring first or, uh, you know, whatever the case may be in terms of momentum, but it, it really came down to a few uh, costly, costly mistakes um, at the hands of the Padres. Um, and in this one, it, it unfortunately did go down to Eric Cosmer as as the guy. Um, he allowed um, the uh, what's it called the inning to continue um, in uh, that top of the fourth inning uh, when Jake Arrieta was honestly doing pretty good up until that point. Um, I mean, for the game, he finished five innings pitched, only allowed three hits, um, but did allow three earned because of that uh, three-run shot. And did strike out three, only walked one. So um, solid a performance, but uh, in that top of the fourth inning, uh, the inning was able to continue uh, because of Eric Hosmer. Um, and, uh, the three run bomb, the three run bomb, uh, ended up happening right after that. And then in the bottom of the ninth inning, uh, the ricochet off of Eric Hosmer not being able to pick, uh, the ground ball coming his way, uh, allowed the score to be pushed to six to three. So, um, you know, four runs, unfortunately coming, uh, um, I mean, honestly at the hands of, at the hands of Eric Hosmer, um, and his defensive play. Uh, and then two times uh, with the um, with the bases loaded, uh, just some just some at bats that uh, weren't the best, uh, you know, uh, just falling behind easy, swinging uh, just to swing. It felt like uh, looking like he's he's guessing uh, at points when when it is these left-handed pitchers, um, and and it, it just it, it was it, it was unfortunate. Um, you know, you, you never want to put it on one person but when it when it costs the team four runs uh when it's uh you know not you know being able to convert in those situations um you know where you can't put runs together um and it wasn't even you know i mean i understand baseball you know it's 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 a game of of inches uh in terms of you know barely missing a ball you know that you completely miss or, or you just you just get under it so it's a pop-up or you just get on top of it so it's a ground out um you know you, you gotta it's a game of inches in that way it's a game of inches uh when it comes to defending and uh having to be in the right happening to be in the right places at the right time or if you would have started you know your position a couple steps to the right um it would have been better as well whatever the case may be um, it, it's definitely, um, you know, meticulous in that, in that type of way. But, uh, this, this game on Friday night, um, definitely, unfortunately, uh, just came at the hands of Eric Hosmer and, uh, there's not really much you can do, um, you know, about that. You know, it's, it's, it's also a game where, you know, something happens in a split second and it happens, you know, there's, there's runs that are scored, um, you know, maybe another person gets on base that shouldn't be on base, and then, boom, a, a, a yak, and it's a three-run bomb. And now, um, you know, instead of going into the dugout, into that bottom half of the inning, you're now 
you know, you, you now surrendered three runs that, that shouldn't have even happened in the first place or whatever the case may be. So, you know, unfortunately, the Padres did lose this one, um, and it, it just wasn't it wasn't the, uh, you know, best way to, to start, you know, this game one against this Astros team that, you know, is as much uh, criticism and hate uh, that they do get. Um, it's, uh, you know, very uh, obvious that, that this offense, when, when hot, when hitting, uh, they're extremely dangerous, and you, you don't want to get Jose Altuve going, Carlos Correa, Alex Bregman, uh, even even um, Josh Tuck. I mean, is his name Josh? I can't even remember. Their, their left-handed... Uh, power hitter who hit the um, yak in the in the in the top of the eighth inning. That man, I almost caught that ball. I mean, not almost, but I was I was in that section. I never I never had home run seats before, so that was that was pretty cool. <laughs> but um, oh, it's Ky- yeah, no, it's Kyle Tucker. This this man as well, Kyle Tucker, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa. Um, I mean, even Jordan Alvarez. He he did get hurt. Uh, on in game two and, and was only able to pinch it in game three. But Jordan Alvarez, 28 homers this year alone as well. So this team has power. This team has you know, f- found many ways to get on base, many ways to score runs uh, throughout the season and throughout you know, you know, quite, uh, quite a few seasons, quite a few years um, even now. Uh, so you know, it's, it's not a team you want to get hot. It's not a team you want to drop a game to because that can turn to two or three more games as well. Um, but it just didn't go the Padres' way in this one, and um, you know it, it it's it sucks when you can key in on on a few plays here and there. But that's I feel like the more you watch baseball, the more you try to understand that those those uh, that 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 um, walk to start an inning, um, you know that that error with two outs, uh, you know that that um, you know those little. Those little things that, in the grand scheme of things, may may result in nothing, um, but you know that walk to start an inning, uh, that that those those always seems to to be the ones that turn into runs. You know that error, or that bloop with two outs. Um, you know those those seem to and those go you know just a, a longer way uh, um, when it comes to. You know, winning those, winning or losing some of those games that are that are just so tight. Um, you know, nobody can get a hit. Nobody, uh, you know, can get anybody on base even. Um, and then, boom, somebody gets on base in in a weird way. You know, is is if it's an error, if it's, um, you know, or even a walk. You know, just just it's it doesn't even have to be weird. Somebody just worked it good at at bad, and they were able to get on base. And and those are kind of the things that that start those rallies and. Um, you know, the two plays in this one just came out the hands, the hands of Eric Hosmer. And I mean, you know, for a guy that, uh, you know, has, has kind of stated before that, um, he's not, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, open to, um, the criticism from, from the outsiders, from the people outside the game. And he's, he's done fighting that and he's just going to continue doing what he does. Um, regardless of what the numbers are looking like, um, and you know when you when you take a team like the Giants per se, um, and a team that's that's been there, done that, but uh, you you see these articles, um, you know, come out and and talking about uh, Brennan Crawford, um, Evan Longoria, Buster Posey, uh, coming out, 
and saying that they're open to working with uh, this Giants uh, coaching staff um, on on various things, um, you know, because this this coaching staff, um, you know, is trying to get the players' openness, um, you know, to to get the success that they want. You know, they want to get the players' openness about, um, you know, what what are their what they're seeing, what they're feeling. Uh, you know what they have to say, but th at the same time, getting that same respect back and hearing your coaches as well. Uh, when you get, you know, when you when you see these other articles um, coming out about teams like that, you know, with these older guys that that are willing to adapt and change, and um, you know, try to continue to get better, and then you see the same articles about you know Eric Hosmer or. Um, you know, saying some of the stuff that he has in the past, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to, you know, criticize a man, like, to the point of, I don't even know, but it's like, how are you, it's supposed to, uh, you know, it spets the fan base to feel towards you as a player, you know, if you're not even, you know, putting in that, that effort, or you're not showing that you really even care at the end of the day, I mean, there's a reason why the fan base, um, isn't behind you uh, when you're in those slumps uh, like they are, you know, when when Manny is, when Tatis, or Jake, or whoever the other person may be, um, you know, it's, I mean, literally, like, Tat like Tati's had his struggles this year, Manny's had his struggles, but um, the narrative never really changes as often as it does for Eric Hosmer because um, I, I think, you know, one, because of his comments in the past and how he's kind of been, uh, in terms of adapting his game and and trying to get better, um, and and then of course it, it it comes with the play on the field when when you're not willing to adapt or you know change your game when when you're getting asked those questions and when you're struggling and then on top of that you're you know uh, you know you're you're proving why you should be you know trying to figure out how to adapt um you know when it comes to uh at the plate and and absolutely just just struggling at the plate um i mean the last 20 games for eric Hosmer, 208 batting average uh 305 slugging percentage i mean it's it's not gonna not gonna you know look good when when you're the one that's coming out the most saying uh you know whatever whatever it may be you know um when it comes to uh you know not wanting to adapt not wanting to listen to the criticism or the outsiders and and continuous uh you know quote-unquote hate or is it or is it just facts you know um or when it comes not even offensively when it also comes uh to um you know to the defense and uh, what he's doing, um, what he's doing at first base, uh, compared to the rest of the league. I mean, literally, literally has a minus twelve point three defensive rating, and that's ranking him dead last among all NL players. And this man is thirty seventh in um, in the first base category, uh, and that that just doesn't make. I mean, come on. 37th there's literally 30 teams so you're worse than even the the guys who are playing you know on those off days it's it's just not the best not the best look for the organization to have somebody like this um and it's not a good look for uh you know a guy that's uh you know getting paid the money he is and and supposed to be um you know the uh the leader that he is as well 
Uh, so very, very unfortunate, but, you know, who knows? Who knows if Eric Hosmer can can turn it around? I feel like, you know, if we get a, a small version of what he was last year, it, it would be beneficial, but it's it's been time and time again where – uh, these li- like I said, these little mistakes that happened in games, um, you know, those little momentum turns or switches, uh, you know, it, it it's more often than not coming at the hands of Eric Osmer. And, you know, if you don't like that, then then be the one to change it. You know, that's the, the really all you can do. And um, the only person that can change it is him. So um, he did get the off day um, on Saturday uh, going into game two um, and surprisingly, uh, but honestly, not really. The Padres were able to completely annihilate the Astros in Game 2, 10-2, to uh, behind Manny Machado, Will Myers, and Tatis homering. Um, I mean, it was really a home run fest at, at Padres Stadium. And uh, it, it, I mean, going into the bottom of the second, it was already 2-0 Astros. Um, the, what's it called? Uh, Joe Musgrove was able to get out of two um, sticky innings, I'd say. The first inning was, was was definitely not his best start. Gave up three hits in that first one and uh, gave up a homer really quick in the second as well. But um, the Padres offense definitely turned it in, in the bottom of the second. It turned it on in the bottom of the second as uh, they were able to put four runs on the board um, behind an Asanola RBI single, um, Tatis RBI single, Profar was able to um score on a box um i mean the padres were definitely able to to finally put not just one um you know one one scoring um at bats to the plate it was uh time and time again in the second inning uh you know multiple base runners uh just just really uh getting on base bringing somebody in and allowing the next person to the next person to do what they do best and 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 hit the ball um, so the Padres able to score four in the second. It was four to two um, until the bottom of the seventh inning, and that's exactly where uh, the home run festivities started. As Manny Machado was able to hit a two-run bomb, Breen Tatis home. Will Myers was able to hit another two-run bomb in this inning to bring Jay Cronenworth home, and then uh, in the bottom of the eighth inning, Tatis was able to hit another two-run bomb. Uh, to bring Austin Nola home as the Padres were able to finish this one 10 to 2. Joe Musgrove able to go five and one thirds, gave up seven hits. Uh, but like I said, um, majority of these ones coming in those first and second frames and able to regroup uh, and not give up another run um, after after the uh, second inning as he was able to go five and one thirds, uh, two earned, one one walked, only four strikeouts. But like I said, definitely a great game um, in terms of getting out of situations, getting out of jams, um, and and it just it was nice to to finally see this team, um, you know, just play play the way that we all know they can, uh, and and have a game that they haven't had, and it felt like so fucking long, you know, just a, a nice a nice um, a, a nice just old fashioned ass whipping. Honestly, it was. It was good to see, uh, you know, all, all the guys uh, finally uh, get those barrels up and hit the ball into the air, um, and, and the the results, um, you know, finally kind of going our way in terms of the, the ball just leaving the yard, really. Um, but uh, Tatis able to hit his 37th of the year. Manny Machado continues, um, you know, just to be as solid as ever. Um, especially on the defensive side. I mean, it's just uh, it's just it's just beauty watching that man play defense. I feel like um, 
regardless of the numbers he's putting up on the offensive side, which we know is always going to be there. Um, you know, you cannot deny the the impacts that this man makes on the defensive side of the ball at the you know that hot that hot corner that third baseline. Um, you know, day out, day in and day out. Um, always, you know, just just holding that corner down, always making defensive plays. It seems like. Um, and I feel like that goes, in my opinion, an even longer way than, than that offensive. Though, of course, those offensive stats are going to be there when we're talking about li – we're literally talking about Manny Machado. You know what I mean? The, the offensive stats are going to be there, but what he does defensively separates him from the rest of his competition. Of course, you got Olin Arenado. You got Tra – I mean, Trevor Story to an extent. You got – I mean, Alex Bregman this weekend um, in this three-game series showed why he's another third baseman that's up there, but Manny Machado is – 1000% in that category as well and if you if you don't think uh he is then that's that's just uh that's that's just pure hate I I believe um they would call that but uh going into game three looking for a looking for a series win looking for two straight series wins um for the first time in a while as well for the Padres um and the Astros got up to a quick start um Chris Chris Paddock had uh was on the mound today uh in this game three on Sunday uh, I mean, not yesterday's game three, um, and and had uh, just just like Joe Musgrove gave up three hits in that first frame, but was able to get out of it, only giving up one uh, one run. Uh, and the Padres responded instantly uh, in the top of the first inning as a uh, sacrifice fly from Will Myers, and then um, Eric Hosmer's off day uh, sure did seem to treat him right as he was able to uh, double. Uh, to deep left, bring home Jake and Manny. So it was 3-1 to one after the first um, and all the way up until the top of the seventh. Um, and, and up until this point, like I said, Chris Paddock on the mound, absolutely dealing. This man had only thrown about 62 pitches going into um, going into that top of the seventh frame. Um, he was dealing, you know, I mean, 62 through seven, only gave up that one run still um, in that first inning. Uh, was was hitting his locations was was you know just on his game really it was nice to see the sheriff back at work um, but in the uh, top of the seventh inning um, a Gariel and Correa home run bat to bat to start the inning was um, the last uh, that Chris Paddock was um, seen in this game as uh, I mean it was literally like the top like the top of the seventh started and I'm pretty sure it was three pitches I I I don't think it was two. I know Carlos Correa hit it on his first his first um, pitch, but I'm pretty sure Gariel hit it on his second. So three pitches completely changed the momentum of this one. It was three to one. Like I said, Padres were cruising. Chris Paddock was dealing, and then in this top of the seventh inning, three the first three pitches, and it's a tie game, three to three. Completely new ball game. Trade Stammen able to come in for him, relieve him in the seventh inning, able to get out of that. Emilio Pagan able to uh, get out of the eighth with no runs given as well, and Mark Melanson, uh, besides three Watts in the top of the ninth, able to get out of the top of the ninth without giving up a run. So going into the bottom of the ninth, still three to three. Um, Fernando Tatis with the opportunity, uh, with an opportunity to to win it, um, but it, I mean not Fernando. Uh, J Manny Machado was able to to start uh, with an opportunity to win it, but uh, it was a pop out, um, and then Jake Cronenworth came up to bat, long due for for his uh, for a home run. Last time he hit a homer was, I believe, August 14th or August 17th, and he hits a Diamondbacks. Um, 
Uh, that's what uh, the announcers had said, and I was just like, "Oh God, you're gonna jinx him, my guy Mud." And Dan I was like, "Oh God, they, they're they're really they're praying for it, they're pulling for it." But I didn't know if it was about to be a jinx or not. Jade worked it great at bat, made it two two, I believe, and boom, was able to um, was able to uh, hit a bomb and send the Padres home as walk off winners as they were able to take Game Three of this series four to three, able to take the series from. Uh, the Astros two to three. I mean two to one. Take two of three. Um, as Jake Cronenworth was able to hit a walk off homer in the bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, also had some very great defensive plays that shortstop uh, in this one and allowed the Padres to go into an off day slash rest day with a win for the first time in a while as well. Um, before they host the Angels. Before they host the Angels for two games um, on Tuesday and Wednesday, um, where. They might, they might see, um, they might see Otani as he is technically, uh, you know, due up for a pitching, uh, for, for uh, what's it called, his day pitching. But the Angels did have an off day as well, so uh, we'll see if they uh, switch their rotation around a bit since they were able to work with an off day, and it wasn't like they have, they had the, you know, the fi the every fifth day um, option. Um, so you know. That's an option uh, for the Angels going into this series. But for the Padres, tomorrow on the mound, we got Blake Snell. And then we got you Darvish. Uh, and hopefully a bounce-back performance on Wednesday. So we will see um, what that brings. Um, on the other side of the NL West, uh, the Dodgers and the Giants both faced off uh, in a series that going into Friday's, uh, Friday's Game 1, both teams were 85-49. and 49. Uh, They had split the first 16 games against each other eight and eight and the total score of those games was 68 to 68 so I mean as even as it can get when it comes down to these these final like 25 games I believe now um you know trying to get the NLS uh crown uh and and the the uh, Giants were able to uh start this one off uh just how they like it as they were able to um, take game one of this series, able to, um, you know, defend their, defend their home fields, uh, two to three, um, on a Friday in, in 11, uh, as Trey Turner's air was costly in this bottom of the 11th. Uh, if you didn't see it, there was a ground ball with the bases loaded two outs in the bottom of the 11th. Trey Turner slid over, threw it over to first, but it caught, um, what's it called? It got Will Smith off the bat. Uh, yes, Will Smith was playing first base, um, and it, it, it allowed um, him to not be able to tad the bag, and the Giants were able to score, able to win game one. Uh, the Dodgers were able to respond in game two, sits to one, so the uh, NL West was then, um, was then again tied, uh, but going into Sunday's game, um, it was Sunday Night Baseball, um, and it's... Uh, was, you know, just bragging rights, claiming rights for this NL West uh, as we, like I said, that go into this very latter half of the year. Um, and uh, the Giants were able to come out on top 6-4. to four. Um, Albert Pujols able to pull it within two runs in the uh, top of the ninth inning as he hit a two-run shot to make it 6-4. to four. Um, The Dodgers able to get another person on base uh, with one out and then Mookie Betts come uh, with Mookie Betts coming up to bay, um, to the plate and on a pitch that missed inside by 2.87 inches, uh, Mookie Betts uh, was ran up 
called for a strike three uh, with um, now two outs. Um, and he had to head back to the, the dugout, um, you know, getting that unfortunate news. Um, and I mean, it, it, to, to um, the Giants' defense, it was going both ways all game as uh, Tony Rendazzo, uh, he actually missed 27 total calls in this game three. Uh, for a correct call percentage of only 84.2%. So not the best um, officiated game of the year. And of course, uh, you know, this is the game that, that needs to be officiated to the highest extent. Um, when you have two teams that are literally as even as can be and, and fighting for uh, the the uh, the division, man, they're fighting for that that uh, NL West title. But the Giants able to uh, hold off the Dodgers for now. Um, and take the lead in the NLS by one game as they uh, reclaim that. And it was actually their 91st day that they've had the outright best record in the majors. Um, second to that is the Dodgers at only 17 games. And then third is the Padres at eight. And then the Red Sox at seven. These are the four teams that have um, had the best record in baseball all year at some point, but um, the Giants, I mean, 91 games they've had the best record in baseball to 17 in second. It's It's been an amazing year for the Giants as they're able to hold, like I said, the Dodgers off and uh, move into Monday's game where they are currently, uh, as I'm speaking, leading the Rockies 4-1. to one. In the top of the fifth inning, the Dodgers are leading the Cardinals 5-0 to zero in the top of the sixth inning. So it looks like both of them are, are, pl are playing their rebounded game um, from, you know, that whole series great. Um, and, you know, still taking care of business, uh, you know, t against the other teams that uh, you still have to take a business. You have to take that shit serious um, because those games, um, when you play the two, are, are just going to be that much more intense if so. So... Uh, both teams taking care of business. Um, the Cubs also able to beat um, the Reds today um, this, on this Monday game. So now the Padres are technically a full one game ahead of the Reds going into their uh, two-game series against the Angels uh, this weekend. So um, good news out of, out of uh, Chicago. The Cubs able to take care of business. Um, but, yeah, other than that, um, the Padres – like I said, currently one game ahead of the Reds uh, in this in this final push for the wild card. Excuse me. Um, they're also two full games ahead of the Phillies and three full games ahead of the Cardinals and then four and a half ahead of the Mets. So uh, this uh, five-team race is, is coming down to it as, I mean, literally four and a half games separates all five of these teams, but the Padres certainly the – the team that is to beat for that second space uh, as the Dodgers have a very, very comfortable 13-game lead um, for that first-place wildcard spot. So uh, going into Tuesdays and Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday's games, hopefully the, the uh, Padres uh, can make, a, make a, that a little bit uh, more of a lead um, and push ahead a little bit further um, when facing the, the Angels. So uh, without further ado, that's all I got for today, though. I hope you guys all... Um, enjoyed this episode of the Gina Spirito podcast. Um, go Padres. Cannot believe the baseball season's almost done, man. It's It's been a lot of fun covering this team. Uh, plenty of ups, plenty of downs. But overall, I mean, wouldn't have traded this season for anything. Wouldn't have traded being able to really cover this team and 
uh, talk baseball with you guys every week um, for this entire season. It's been a lot of fun, um, and I, I'm just excited for football season, but at the same time, kind of sad that baseball season is ending as it's been uh, quite an adventure, quite a journey, quite a fucking roller coaster, but um, very excited for what the end of the year uh, has to offer for us as this team is if they get hot when it matters it's it's uh um as shown uh previously it's gonna be scary for the rest of the opponents across the lead but hopefully that can happen soon um and this Padres team can can really uh just get their feet back under them uh for real as they head into this uh these final 25 game stretch and hopefully October baseball but um, like I said, that's all I got for today. I hope you guys all had a great time. And as always, um, please let me know what you guys what you guys think, what you guys think I should be talking about. Anything really, I'm open to suggestions, open to anything. And uh, I mean, I'm just I'm just here to entertain y'all and and have a good time doing so. So, if you guys have any comments or uh, love it, please please like, subscribe to the podcast. I'm I'm here. I'm trying to entertain y'all, trying to have a good time, and really just uh, be as relaxed while doing so as possible. So, um, yeah, thank you all for tuning in, and I will see you all very soon. Thank you so much.